Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is a podcast from Minute Media. What's up, Panther fans? Welcome to another podcast episode of The Four Man Rush. Tonight we got myself, Will, we got Country Kev, JD, and Monty joining us tonight as well. Uh, we got some big news this week with the Panthers firing offensive coordinator Joe Brady. So that's going to be the topic of what we talk about today. We'll also dig into a little bit of the Falcons game at the end. We've already broken down the Falcons in an earlier episode. So we won't spend a lot of time on that. Again, you can go peep that other po- the older podcast where we broke down the home game we had against Atlanta as well. So let's talk about this offensive coordinator, uh, Joe Brady. I'm going to let y'all do the talking first. Uh, Monty, you want to go ahead and start us off? I know you were eager to get your opinion out about this uh, latest move with the offensive coordinator. Uh, yeah. Um, shit. I, to be honest, bro, I mean, I, I don't have much to say other than that. I, I, I thought it was a good move. Um, or I let me say, I don't think it was a bad move necessarily. You know, I, I don't think Brady necessarily fit what Rule wanted to do offensively anyway. Uh, you know, and, and I think that kind of made – and then, you know, with us struggling this year and with us not having a lot of great uh, success offensively last year, I think it kind of made it easy to pull the trigger on it. Um, I don't think Joe Brady is necessarily the problem, but I also, I mean – I think it's just you know a fair split for both uh, for both parties. You know, I, I think Rule needs to find an uh, offensive coordinator that he that he truly believes can get the best out of his quarterbacks and the best out of this offense in general. And Joe Brady wasn't that guy. You know, clearly wasn't that guy. And I also feel like, you know, I you aren't going to gamble your career if you're Matt Rule on Joe Brady, in my opinion. You know, I, I feel like it was a gamble to begin with to just to bring him in, and now. I believe that hot that seat in Carolina is getting very hot, and you're not going to gamble your career on Joe Brady, you know. And and at least at least if you're Matt Rule, you're gambling. Like I mean, you saw he promoted one of his best friends. At least if you're going out, you're going out smoking with with, with, with the guys that you've already had success with in the past. So you know, I I just I I don't necessarily think that's the best way either. Just to be honest, you know, I think you should, especially with the offense that we have, the pieces that we have. You have to go get a guy that knows how, you know, you need to go get an offensive mind that knows how to use the pieces that you have. But I also understand the decision. Um, I I wish the best for Joe Brady. You know, like I said, I don't think he was the biggest problem here. But also, I don't think he's he's not a great offensive coordinator, in my opinion. At least not right now he's not, you know, in, in the NFL. And, and I think that that just comes with time and experience to develop your craft. And, you know, we're talking about a, a second-year offensive coordinator in the NFL. So, you know, I'm – I, I I just think that it, it was a good move for both parties. Now, Kev, you look at what uh, Matt Rule and Scott Fitterer gave Joe Brady to work with. You know, he had they traded for Sam Darnold, you know, arguably clearly not a starting quarterback in the NFL. I think we include, all agree with that. Uh, arguably the worst bottom five offensive line in the league. We don't really have a tight end. That's, you know, a threat that the defense has to respect. I think Joe Brady's more of a scapegoat, or do you think this was justified here? 
Uh, me personally, I think that this was a scapegoat move um, uh, with the firing of uh, Joe Brady. Um, when you look at Joe Brady's background, you know, what was he at at LSU? Uh, he wasn't the offense coordinator. He was the passing um, passing game coordinator. So passing was his thing. So, you know, with Matt Rule making this sudden change of philosophy, um, you know, to quote, want to run the ball more. Well, you have a guy who's who uh, who never called plays like that to the, to an extent, um, who primarily specialized in in passing. So, you know, now that you know you have a change of philosophy because your ways and your decisions have not yielded the results that you wanted. Uh, let's 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 call it for what it is. You uh, we got a bottom five offensive line. You know, that could be, you know, where it kind of pass blocking or run blocking according to the uh, ESPN pass block win rate or run block win rate. Either one where, you know, the best that we are right now is we're 25th best uh, in run blocking, uh, which is kind of a step up because we was like 31st at one point, you know. But uh, at the end of the day, I just think that uh, Joe Brady was the scapegoat because Matt Rule wanted to change philosophies uh, after the uh, I keep trying to think what loss it was, and we went to New York and we wanted to uh, quote run the ball more, and then we only ran like 17 times. Um, I think that was kind of the beginning of the end, you know, when we only scored three points at in um, in New York. Now, mind you, you couldn't call run plays as often as you like. We can call 30, 35 run plays a game. Is this offensive line going to allow whoever called to run the ball um, to be able to be in a position where they can um, gain significant yardage? You know, teams are already stacking the box against us because we're, we haven't established ourselves as a dominant, vertical, deep threat passing attack team um, by any stretch. So we're basically going to just be encouraging teams to keep loading up the box on us until we show that we're able to be able to, um, you know, win downfield, win, you know, vertical jump balls and uh, make big plays of 20 yards or more. So, um, you know, I get why Matt Rule did what he had to do. Um, you know, looking at it, the, the fit to be more, you know, run base versus pass base. But at the end of the day, I think that the bigger issue is has been Matt Rule's philosophies, Matt Rule's, you know, decisions, uh, the type of personnel. Because at the end of the day, he's head coach, but he's also the de facto GM because all final personnel moves are what, you know, he gets the final he gets the final say. Um, so at the end of the day, I, I just think that this was a scapegoat move, but it it is. Also, you know, the right move because Joe Brady just didn't have a, a history of being someone that not only called plays in general, but being able to feature the running game more in the way that at Matt Rule wanted. Now, uh, J.D., what's your thoughts? I mean, do you think what was the bigger problem with the offense? Was it Joe Brady and his play calling and his schemes? Or do you think it was having a quarterback like Sam Darnold, like P.J. Walker, and, you know, this offensive line that just can't consistently have, you know, consistently play well. 
I honestly believe we have a talent issue on offense, um, especially in the trenches, um, especially for the quarterback position, as we've seen in the past. I, how I view this situation, it would have taken an act from God for Joe Brady to still be a coordinator here. Um, first OC job, you don't get let, – let's go all the way back. You don't, you don't get a preseason. You, well, you get an abbreviated preseason. You don't get a training camp. Um, you bring in Teddy Bridgewater because he at least has some idea of what your scheme was with the Saints. And maybe he'll help you bridge some of that gap for the training camp you missed. But you have an all-new – well, you have two new starting guards on your all-line. Um, left tackle is a stopgap, as always. Um, Russell Coons is there sometimes. Sometimes he's not. You got Greg Little finding out he's trash. Um, is you, you don't give him any chance to get any continuity on the offense as far as offensive personnel. It it's it's weird because from the, the first year he was there, you'd be hard pressed to tell me one person that improved. What which player on offense improved from from first year to now? It's 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 not an easy it's not an easy question to answer because I honestly believe it's a talent issue. Every every single player on the offense that was that is not hurt or injured is taking a step back, and I don't think I don't think that's a scheme issue. I think that's um, either a talent or development issue, and that's gonna have to fall back back on rule. But it it was it was a tough slate. I don't think he deserved to be fired, but. Um, I think it was pretty clear that Rule um, has no issues with nepotism, and this was the only um, coordinator spot that did not have some touch or um, feel of nepotism to it because he he didn't work with Rule before this. So um, I don't know if somebody else in the building um, referred or preferred Joe Brady over uh, Matt Rule's guy, but if there was going to be a scapegoat from from the jump, um, like our guys at Panther Nation podcast and Dave said, it was gonna be Joe Brady, straight up. Now, Monty, last year we had four players with one thousand scrimmage yards: Mike Davis, Curtis Samuel, Robbie Anderson had a career year under big two-year contract, and DJ Moore pretty much established himself as a top, you know, top twenty, top fifteen wide receiver in this league. But this year we just haven't seen that kind of production from our skill players. And we, uh, we added Terrace Marshall, replaced Curtis Samuel. We all were high on him coming out of the draft. He had an incredible preseason. He's been a non-factor. You know, we had Dan Arnold coming into the year. He was a non-factor and got traded. What do you think is holding the skilled players back this year? you think it's more about Joe Brady or was it the downgraded quarterback more so? Well, to be honest, I, I'm going to address J.D. first. He's my dog. I, I don't think that it's fair to say that none of the talent, you know, none of our talent has gotten better from a year from, from year one to year two. I think that if, you know, if we're going to address or talk about the offense, let's talk about the offense as a whole. You know, we're, we're talking like last year we didn't have, I mean, last, like our tight end, our tight end one is a rookie this year. That wasn't the case last year. You know, um, our wide receiver three is a rookie this year where that wasn't the case last year. And then when you add in the case that you gamble on Sam Darnold, now let's 
to be fair, I mean, if we're going to be fair, Joe Brady probably was dealt a very crap hand. Like, I mean, I, again, I don't think Joe Brady was the, the full problem with the offense. I think the, like I think a lot of what we're all saying is true. I, I think it's, it was just a, a big mix of it all. You know, I think uh, that, you know, they gambled on the wrong quarterback and was wrong. I, I don't know if Joe Brady's, you know, I mean, because it, it, I don't think Joe Brady's offense is is meant for the NFL, yo. I mean, if we're just gonna keep it a bean, like like his offense, like 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 Kev said, bro, he wasn't a the full time offensive coordinator at LSU. He was a passing down like coordinator, and even at, even at LSU, like he didn't feature the tight end often at much at all. And like and y'all tell me what offense is thriving in the NFL that doesn't feature the tight end? You know, so so I mean, th- those, these are things I feel like that. We all, we just like don't look at and consider. I mean, and then like like I said to address what JD said with, with the talent. Like Jay, I mean DJ Moore isn't having the year that we all thought he would have. Same with Brian Burns. Like I feel like we have to be real. We have to look at the like what's re- actually going on. DJ Moore is not having the top fifteen, top ten re- year that we all thought he would have, bro. He's still on pace for for a career year. Like make no mistake about it. Depending on how these these last five games play out, we still talk about a twelve hundred plus five touchdown like year. So I mean, so, so like let's not let's not lose sight of that. Brian Burns, Brian Burns is still on pace for a ten plus sack season. You know what I'm saying? So, so again, we he, they just not having the year that we all expected them to have. So let's let's address that for one. Who's to blame for the offense? It's 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 hard to say who's to blame, man, because there's we we're just bad in so many different areas. Like starting with the offensive line, like the offensive line is the fuck terrible. Like and that's putting it lightly. Like we're terrible on like up front. So that and I feel like shit trickles downward. That like when your offensive line is bad, bro, your offense is bad. Like or, or very rarely is your offense good with the with the crap offensive line. And then you add a crap quarterback with the crap crap offensive line in, bro. That you. You you just shot yourself in the foot twice. You know you know what I'm saying. So it's like I feel like that's the start. So again, it's not all Joe Brady's fault, but Joe Brady is. But when we're talking about situational football, Joe Brady is not great in situation. Like when late two minute two minute offense, we're putrid when it comes to two minute offense. Like it like that's just what it is. Like even what Joe Brady has yet to prove that we can run the ball effectively. And now mind you, the offensive line is trash this year. The offensive line wasn't that bad. That last year, and we still couldn't run the ball. And Mike, da- and again, I hear all the the thousand, four thousand yard players, but that's that that's like an asterisk to, to how bro we were still middle of the pack last year with, with four a thousand yard players. You know what I'm saying? So it was like I just I think all of that plays a part in why you why you have to let Joe Brady go. I mean, again, it's not fair, but this is the business part of it. And again, as as much as he was dealt the crap hand. Joe Brady wasn't great with the crap hand that he was dealt either. You know what I'm saying? And again, it's not fair, but when when gambling your career, Matt Rule, on on who's going to save my job or who's going to help me save my job, dog, you're not doing that with Joe Brady. You just not. You know what I'm saying? Just, and, and to me, it I you you I question how do you get to, how do we get here anyway? How do we get here with as a first year head coach and you gamble on an offensive coordinator that's never been in the NFL and a defensive coordinator that's never coached for like a he's never been a full time defensive coordinator in the NFL. Like how this, this to me that's the bigger question. Like is Joe Brady, yeah, he he was dealt a shit hand, but 
how do we get here to begin with? You know what I'm saying? Two year or two, and we're already looking for another offensive coordinator and might be looking for another head coach. So, you know, it's we it's it's more than just Joe Brady. We we we're just bad in a lot of different areas, man. Okay, we hear Matt Rule talk about he wants to be a team that starts with a powerful run game. And you know, coaches just say stuff, they have philosophies in the back of their head, what they want to do. When you look at what has he done offensive line-wise to allow this team to be a powerful run game? Let's kind of just refresh our memory on how this current offensive line was built. You know, Matt Paradis had, I think he had an option on his contract. They picked it up. So he, you know, comes into the final year of his contract. First day of free agency, they signed Cam Irving to, I think, a two-year deal. They signed Pat Elfline to a two-year deal to come in and be the starting left tackle and left guard. Uh, Taylor Moten, they signed him to an extension this offseason, so he's going to be the right tackle for a long time. They brought John Miller back on a one-year deal. He's pretty much been the starting right guard when he's healthy. You had rotational guys like Dennis Daly, Trent Scott. They've come in, you know, started in spots. Then you went to the draft. You know, you had a first-round pick. You had the opportunity to take uh, Rashawn Slater. You had an opportunity to trade back and take Christian Derisaw, who I believe is starting in Minnesota right now. Passed on the left tackle, went secondary. I mean, I'm okay with that. Then now you get to the second round. You got guys like Jackson Carmen, Creed Humphrey, you know, Trey Smith, who was picked a little bit later. You know, and all these opportunities to build your offensive line through the draft, yet they elect to trade back multiple times. We take a wide receiver in the second round, take Brady Christensen, who's I think he'll be a good player one day, but he was oh, we all know he was a developmental prospect coming out. And then they get Deontay Brown in the sixth round, who's another kind of project developmental player who's just not seeing the field this year. When you look at these offensive line moves, do you find it contradictory that he wants to be a power run team, but one, he's not building the offensive line to allow him to do that? Well, for me, you know, being a trench guy that I am, this, you know, you're you're asking guys who are set up more comfortably zone blocking um, guys to now all of a sudden become a power run, um, power run team. Um, just not a good look. That's 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 like you know expecting a Hyundai engine to work in a BMW. <laughs> it may be an engine, but it ain't a good match. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, because first of all, whenever you whenever you want to be a power running team. You know, you, you, you the type of linemen that you need are guys that are physically um, aggressive and have good technique uh, with leverage. It's not all about being big and strong. The, you know, make sure you got established good leverage and and good spacing is one of the primary keys into setting up effective blocking for a power run team. Because typically, what it entails is combination blocks on the defensive tackles and then sliding up to the next level to the linebackers uh, with, um, you know, with a lot of power run schemes. Um, You do have some trap blocking, you know, where you're pulling and things of that nature. Um, You can pull play side, you can pull backside. We just don't have the type of personnel to really, a lot of this philosophy that Matt Rule wants to use to, be something that's going to sustain. Now, we may have some success with it. Like I said, I, I expect our team to come out 
you know, with their hair on fire uh, this coming Sunday, um, home against Atlanta. Um, I, I've been felt that the bye week would give us a chance to catch our breath, um, you know, with, with the different, you know, uh, you know, injuries and things going on being placed on COVID protocols. There's a possibility that uh, Deontay Brown, who, you know, defines, you know, what we're looking at when it comes to power run blocking, you know, that's the start, you know. Um, but just as far as just as far as the personnel, what Matt Rue wants versus the type of personnel to execute what he wants, it's not a good fit right now. Uh, this is something that has to be addressed. Now, the cool part is, if this is the route that he wants to go, the free agents that are going to be available for his offensive linemen that, that that do this very well, they're going to be available. This upcoming NFL draft, I was in love with the linemen last year, but oh my God, what was getting ready to come down the pike through the NFL draft this year is like, you know, if you're looking to reestablish the trenches, particularly on the offensive line side, this is going to be the upcoming draft. But at this point in time, unfortunately, all we got now is a first and a bunch of day three picks, you know, where things stand. So, you know, an opportunity once again, back-to-back years to finally address this offensive line properly. Um, we're, we're not going to really be able to really cash in under presently constructed. But um, just from just from philosophy scheme-wise, what he wants versus what they're capable of doing um, it's just not this is not a good match right now at this time. Now, one more question before I get to JD. Like one of my complaints about Joe Brady is the lack of diversification in his run game. It's primarily, you know, inside zone plays. He does a little bit of stuff with read option, inside outside zone. You don't really see, you know, a lot of draws, a lot of, you know, misdirection, a lot of traps, a lot of, you know, counters, things like that. Are we not running these various other run plays, these power run plays, because we don't have the personnel to do it? Or do you think it's a lack of creativity and experience in designing run plays on Joe Brady's part? Um, I, I think it's a combination of both. Um, again, you know, when you look back at, um, you know, what he did at LSU, um, you know, now they had uh, was Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I think he was their running back uh, that year. Now, yeah, he was able to put up, you know, crazy numbers. I mean, when you look at the the type of offense they had, you know, they used their passing game to set up their running game success. Uh, you know that they had. You know, once they done, you know, had you chasing and running them around, you know, a lot in the first half. Here come in the second half, you know, where where the rushing yards start, you know, piling in after they're up, you know, three or four scores. And basically force you to be one dimensional, which allows you know their defense to tee off and things of that nature. Uh, but um, you know that that type of run blocking is it's all it's all about it's all about X's and O's, but it also is about the having to want to. You know, a guy like Michael Jordan, you know, who um, I think uh, if I'm not mistaken, battling a hamstring injury, this would fit his scheme what he did at Ohio State. Uh, Deontay Brown, this will fit his scheme what he did at Alabama. Now, Pat Affline at center, who I think has played significantly better at center than he did at guard, is this something that he could do? I've, I've seen him at center move the pile and, and, and move some things out of the way. So potentially our interior 
possibly could be in position to set that up. Now, the question is going to be at tackle. Taylor Moten, you know, to be our franchise guy, I I see Taylor get nasty every once in a while, but not nothing with any type of regularity, you know, to be the franchise guy that we paid him to be. Uh, this will be an area I would love for him to be. Uh, Will, I think he shared with us uh, a chart in the um, in the Foreman Rush chat that, um, you know, as far as right tackles go, he's like in the bottom uh, quadrant of the starting 32 out of 32. He's like in the bottom eight or whatever for, you know, right tackle, you know, execution or whatever. Um, so interior wise, what we could potentially looking at, uh, the, the type of players are there, but um, uh, you know, we, we're trying to bounce and run it outside, out tackle, or you know, toss sweeps or anything outside the numbers. Uh, that's where I'm gonna be a little bit more concerned uh, with this, uh, with this, with this scheme. So uh, again, it's, it's it's gonna be a mixed bag. We may see some success here and there, but to truly be, if, if this is something that he wants to be known for, uh, we got to add players. Um, to the, the talent to uh, had the nominal talent, but the mind frame to to execute this the way it needs to be done. Now, JD, we hear Matt Rule talk about running the ball thirty to thirty three times a game. To me, I mean, I, I hear something like that, and to me, it just sounds like a confused coach who's just not understanding, you know, what's going on in these games. You look at the like, how can you run the ball thirty to thirty three times a game when one, you're playing from behind. Two, you lead the league in penalties, so you're behind the sticks. So why are you going to run the ball on first and 15, second and 13, you know, things like that? You got to have to pass. Those are must-pass situations. So when you get behind like that, like against Miami, we ran the ball 15 times because we were playing from behind and in catch-up mode uh, all game long. So I think that's a factor on why we can't run the ball 30 to 33 times. And two, once CMC got hurt, you got guys like Chuba Hubbard you know, not really a power runner, a guy that's going to break tackles. You know, Amir Abdullah, more of a scat back. So as far as the running backs go, J.D., you think we have running backs to really carry that uh, workload, or do we need more of a power guy like Mike Davis back there? It would be nice to have a Mike Davis on his team. Um, I think where Rule um, is kind of confused is uh, I think I think he wants to be able to – or, or should want to be able to run the ball in the third quarter to where we're not behind in the third quarter and we can kind of just control the clock and get to the fourth quarter because at, at this point, third quarter has been ugly. So, um, yeah, it's, it's tough to run the ball when you're behind on the sticks, you're behind on the scoreboard. Um, and then past halftime, you're, you're fighting against the clock. So I don't – as far as the running back group, I don't have um, – I don't trust per se that these uh the other two bats can um carry the load because if we're keeping Christian to that 16 uh 16 touches a game or 15 carries 15 16 carries a game that means another guy's going to have to match that and um Chuba has gotten better um I, I love Amir Abdullah I'm, I'm a huge fan of his ever since Nebraska but I'm I'm not sure those guys are that guy um I think I think I think he's confused as far as what our offensive identity is, and I I, I wouldn't be surprised if um if that costs him his job down the line because you have all these dynamic uh, athletes on your offense, 
and we still don't have offensive identity. And then the best thing you can you can recommend is running the ball more than seventy five percent of the league. It, it it doesn't make it doesn't make a ton of sense to me that you can have a guy like DJ Moore who's who's the most explosive athlete on the field most times he steps on the field and not have an offensive identity at all. Um, even if you can't throw the ball, it, it doesn't make it, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Um, so yeah, I, I don't I don't think we have the the personnel on on the offensive line or in the running back group or room. Um, to kind of take that task on and look, I, I, I don't know. I don't have any idea. I have not the slightest clue on what he was talking about when he wanted to run the ball 30 plus times or we already down over 10 most times in the third quarter. Now you look at what we got at quarterback, Cam Newton. I mean, in his prime, you know, you're talking about what, 10, 15 carries. He can run QB power. He can run read options. Um, quarterback scrambles. He was a very productive runner. I mean, he's good for 500 yards, maybe five to eight touchdowns a season. But Cam's, you know, 32 now. He doesn't, he's lost a lot of weight. He's not the big 265 pound, you know, quarterback that he was in 20, you know, 2011 to 2016. You still want to see, uh, Armani, you're probably the biggest Cam fan in the group. You want to see Cam a part of the run game like he was early in his career or? How do you think we should? He should be a part of this Matt Rules uh, vision to want to run the ball more. Yeah, um, I, I think that how you want to use Cam it, is how it's, it's hard to it's hard to answer that question because you know part of me wants to like well if it ain't broke don't you know so don't don't fix it you know and I and I feel like he proved a year ago that he still can run the ball effectively. And and I, and that's what I mean by what I was saying. Joe Brady just doesn't feel that rule. Cam, Cam fits that mold. You know, like if you want to run the ball, to what y'all were saying, if y'all were talking about running the ball 20-plus, 30-plus times a game, Cam is the quarterback that you need under center to do that. You know, because, again, he takes that pressure off of your running backs. He's that power back that you want. You know what I'm saying? So, so in a, me being a Cam fan – I love that about him because again, we have a decade, decade long of tape to show that, like, look, this is an effective way of how to how to run this offense. But like you said, he's thirty two. Like, how long do you expect him to to play at that level? And not only that, you know, I love Cam, but we got to see him as a drop back quarterback as well. You know, and and I feel like that's that honestly, in my problem, in my opinion, that's the biggest problem. You know, we the. the Oh, offensive line is bad, and not having a, a legit answer at quarterback is is really hurting us, man. You know, and I and I and not saying that I don't believe can't be that guy anymore, but we just haven't seen it in so long, man. And go, like going forward, like I like like I said, I don't I I'm firm with it. I don't believe Joe Brady is the problem, but I think that if Joe if Matt Rule is going to get what he wants with his offensive like at, at a power run defensive slobber knocker type of team i feel like that's what that's kind of what you want with him right you know it's six six 240 still can run the ball effectively you know he, he still you know because he with that and guys what i will say is even that 32 there he still make a lot of plays running the ball that he's like man nobody else is making this play you know the f- very first touch of that he came back in the carolina panther uniform when he took the snap i was like oh bro this is 
got to be a, a, a loss of, like on, on the goal line, a loss of four yards. And Cam just pushes a guy off of him and, and then, you know, and then, then gets the sideline and, you know, and scores. So, you know, so with that being said, like I think Cam Newton still has a lot left in the tank, but, and I think what we want to do or what Matt Rule wants to do offensively is fits with the mode of what, what you do with Cam. I just, I, you know, I, I have a lot of questions about how, how we, we get there, you know, or how we're going about it. Because you you can't be a, a power run offense with the trash off the line, man. You know, <laughs> you know, we when when it comes to fourth, third down, fourth down, and short, we are we're terrible when it comes to you know to j- just like to get one or two yards. And yeah, Cam helps that out, but it you know I just there there's a lot of things that Matt Rule has done with building this team that contradicts itself. You know, like like DJ says. I mean, I'm sorry, like JD says, it's like it's no way that DJ Moore is one of the most explosive weapons that you have on the team. And you don't have an identity without Christian McCaffrey. It, it just doesn't make sense. And there's a lot of things that I feel like DJ Moore can do that, that doesn't help. In, in, like, I, there's no denying that DJ Moore has, has not lived up to the expectation that we all may have put on him. But, you know, I, I feel like we have not done a good job with with using our weapons and part of that is joe brady's fault part of that is i just don't i i don't know what matt rule wants man you know like i, I believe that he wants to be a a power run offense but nothing about that he's done though in this offseason proves that he that that's the case starting with fucking sam Donald, like just to be honest you know it you know there's it's i i just don't know what we're doing to be honest so to answer a question about what how cam Newton fits in this offense well Office was supposed to be. We're supposed to spread the ball, the, the ball around, and and get guys involved. And we've yet to do that with three different quarterbacks. So I, I don't know, man. I appreciate the uh, super chat, uh, Luke Cage. I'm really excited for the season coming to an end. Finally, I'm tired of the Panthers for 2021. I mean, you know, as tired as we are, I mean, look at this uh, standings right now. I mean, we're still in that wild card, as bad as we played. So, I mean, coming off the bye week, you know, who knows what can happen. So, I mean, we'll give these guys a chance for a couple more weeks and see if they can make a turnaround. But back to the uh, question about the offense. We talk about the weapons, uh, Monty. I mean, we were excited about Terrace Marshall coming into the season. They signed on, um, extended Robbie Anderson this offseason. They drafted Shy Smith. So, you're talking about two draft picks on wide receivers and extending Robbie Anderson for two years. Does that sound like a team that wants to be a power money team? Why are we adding all these perimeter weapons trying to with the expectation of running the ball? You want Robbie Anderson to be a blocker? Right. Well, and, and that's the thing, man, is what <laughs> everything that he says that he wants his team and offense to look like, he's kind of, Double, he's what against that, you know. And and to me, you, it goes back to year one when he says he wants to have a a tough, you know, a, a tough brand for for you know for a team. And then you let the biggest brand and the, the to me, in my opinion, the toughest guy on the team walk in Cam. You know, everything that Matt Rule has has said that he wants from this team. You know, he's done a good job of doing the opposite, and I it just it it don't make sense, man. It, you know, in it, starting with, like, to me, in my opinion, we can even go with also extending Robbie Anderson before paying DJ Moore. Now, I love DJ. 
I mean, I love Robbie Anderson. I think he was a great addition to the team. I don't think that you pay him before you pay your best receiver. But that also goes to the point of, I don't know what the hell we doing. <laughs> so when you ask me what, like, what I expect or what I see out of this offense, it, it's hard to say, man, because we, you know, as soon as we do one thing, I, like, you know, I want to praise them for one thing, and then we, we shoot ourselves in another department. So it's hard, man. And I, and don't get me talking on my soapbox. I'll be all day. Now, according to Matt Rule at his interview today, he said that he took a gamble when he um, brought Joe Brady on board. It's a guy he never had worked with before. He wasn't familiar with the offensive system. So, I mean, you're bringing in a guy, you know, young. He's 31 years old, probably younger than some of the players on the roster. You know, he's at a, a year or two working with Sean Payton, a year as LSU's passing game coordinator. I think he was at. William and Mary. Uh, Kev, do you think Rule made a mistake by showing so much confidence in an unproven uh, offensive coordinator? Or do you think it's the right decision in hindsight still? Yeah, I, I definitely think that this was uh, the wrong fit from the jump. Again, I think we got, I think Matt Rule, like us, just got caught up in the highlights. I mean, you know, when you think about the type of dominance that LSU put on in 2019, I mean, we was not the only ones that was interested in in Joe Brady, you know, as far as like, um, you know, getting someone off that uh, LSU offensive staff to see because, you know, when you're looking at, you know, the passing dynamics, the, the route concepts, uh, let's give Joe Brady, you know, credit for what he did. Will, you said it several times here. On probably, you know, he can scheme up ways to get uh, wide receivers open, you know, ver you know, ran different man beater routes when teams played a lot of man against us. Um, when you know, when they decided to go zone, uh, you know, he when it comes to you know, passing play design and concepts, Joe Brady knew what he was doing is is in far that regard. Um, but you know, what Monty just said is about, you know, what Matt Rue said, he want us to be a, a, a tough-ass football team. Um, if, if that's truly what you wanted, then, again, uh, you know, the, the moves that you made didn't – doesn't really, you know, support that. Now, mind you, I understand that, you know, coming in that the uh, cupboard wasn't exactly full for you had to work with. And, you know, you got the seven-year contract. You, you sold us on – Hey, you know it's going to take three years to to get this right. I, I I just think that you know you know regardless of what side of the fence you are about you know with Cam Newton you know getting rid of Cam or not or think or whatever, but uh, you know once we you know let let loose a Teddy a Teddy Bridgewater who was supposed to be the bridge quarterback whose contract was set up to be the bridge quarterback um, to really just allow us to one get out of salary cap hell. Um, you know, dead cap hell rather, and then two stock up draft picks. Again, you know, when you listen to offseason, you know, what we were sold on, you know, Tepper was talking about maxing out the cap space and and you know, stocking up on draft picks and to just really, you know, build his found to team from foundation up, you know, like the Pittsburgh Steelers done. But um I just think at the end of the day that it just wasn't a good uh fit. Um I think that rule was trying to be open-minded by allowing uh, Brady this opportunity, thinking that, you know, hey, it's the most prolific 
offensive attack in the history of college football. It's got to work and have success in the NFL as well. And as you know, the NFL, they catch on quick. Um, and, and, and it just didn't materialize the way that it should have uh, here with the Panthers. So um, I just really think that Joe, that um, Matt Rule done really kind of pigeonholed himself. And this was a move to, quote, buy him time to kind of let that, I don't want to say the seat hot. I'm going to say it's warm. It's warming up, uh, you know, because, pay, you know, I do believe Tepper is patient um, to, you know, get this done because, like I said, we were sold on year three. I know there's rumors floating around about, you know, you know, could Matt, Matt Rule's nets to be let go of. I, I, I would just be hard-pressed to see Tepper, you know, abandoning this after investing so heavily Um you know, with uh, with everything that's needed up on the Met rule and then gave up draft picks and things like that. Uh, the current setup is not really attractive if you're trying to pull anybody else to be the next coach. So uh, I just think that that if if Matt rule can really um, come out after this bye week and, and just, like I said, give us some sort of identity, whereas fans that we can see, you know, progress, uh, with things as far as like making adjustments after halftime to what other teams adjust to see what we're doing, um, you know, not being too cute. Um, you know, we can pull out three and two, potentially maybe four and one out of this stretch. Um, you know, that might be enough to give us some momentum heading into the uh, heading into the uh, off season here. Um, I'm skeptical for using the playoff word, even though we're we're still right in the hunt in the mix. I'm just, you know, I'm still having nightmares about that 33-10 beatdown in Miami that I went and saw firsthand. Um, that, that definitely doesn't look like a team that deserves to go to the playoffs uh, that I last saw. So, you know, everything that I, that I, everything that I need to know about Matt Rule and his team moving forward, I'm gonna see this coming Sunday at one o'clock um, against the Falcons. Forty percent chance of rain. So yeah, if you want to establish this run uh, run type of attack now. This Sunday would be the perfect, uh, perfect opportunity because the Falcons are uh, they they are not a uh, strong run, uh, run stopping team um, coming in. So uh, this would be the perfect game to to uh, try to put an identity on this team. Right, I'm surprised you haven't mentioned some other um, guys we got rid of. Your favorite, uh, one of your favorite players, Alex Arma, let him walk. Chris Man Hurts, one of our best blocking tight ends, let him walk. If you want to be a tough running power football team, I mean, those guys were critical. And Christian McCaffrey's 1,000, 1,000 yard season in 2019, which is probably the last time we were able to establish a consistent run game. So, I mean, yeah, you draft Tommy Trimble, you try to move Giovanni Ricci from tight end to fullback. But, I mean, to me, you had a fullback on the roster that would have, you know, been that lead blocker and did it, did it well. So, you know, just other things he gets to him not doing the things he says he wants to do on paper. Now, uh, JD, we talked a lot about you know we talked about the O line, we talked about the running backs, uh, we touched a lot on DJ Moore. What about these other wide receivers? You know, Robbie Anderson having a significant drop off from his production last year. Terrace Marshall's been a non-factor. Shy Smith, although he's been hurt a lot, even when healthy, he's been a non-factor. Who do you blame for not being able to get these other wide receivers involved? Is that a Joe Brady issue or more of a quarterback issue to you? I think a fair amount of it has been um, quarterback 
um, even for uh, DJ's, some of DJ's drops, um, placement has been a little off on them. It's hard to say, honestly, because we saw um, we saw guys like Shy Smith and um, Terrace Marshall show out during preseason. So it's, it, it's definitely not something I, I anticipated to see them like not be a factor at all. Um, Robbie Anderson has just fallen off completely off the map. Um, he's not even a, a threat anymore. He's just kind of a guy out there that happens to be a wide receiver. And that's unfortunate because you just extended him. And uh, that's that's a staunch opposite of what he was last year. Um, honestly, I want to I want to play some blame on on this on Joe Brady. But I can't do that because guys like um, uh, Alex uh, Erickson and Brandon Zilstra coming off the bench, catching balls, getting yak, what? Getting getting third down conversions, making impact plays on the game. So I want I want to blame Joe Brady, but I don't know, bro. Your return specialist out here running uh, fifteen yard out and getting the first down on third and long. And Alex uh, and Brandon Zilstra getting forty five yards a yak on one play. I I don't know, bruh. It's it's gonna be. I'm gonna be hard pressed to to place all the blame on Joe Brady. Um, Willie Sneed come in and catch a pass and then just dip on out. So I, I don't I don't. Dang, I want to say I want to say it's Joe Brady. I do. I want to use him as a scapegoat. But but yeah, your XFL players on the team kind of showing out so hard for me to say that so with joe brady on his way out the interim offensive coordinator will be jeff nixon a guy matt rule played college football or played football with i don't know if he was at penn state or not i can check that later but he's known him since he they were young he's his offensive coordinator at baylor so uh money with jeff nixon i mean another guy no nfl play calling experience he was you know, rules offensive coordinator at Baylor. What's your realistic expectations on how the offense going to look different under Jeff Nixon versus Joe Brady in the first 12 games? Realistic expectations. Um, gosh, I, I, you know, I, I don't know if you can say you really know what to expect if we're being realistic. I don't, you know, again, we can say, well, look at his success, success that he had in college, but I don't know if you can use that and, bank or, or base that on anything that we have over the next five games. Realistically, what I'm hoping and or what I hope to expect to see is that we get Cam more involved in the run game. I hope that I hope that, you know, the run game is a focal point of what we're trying to do. And I think and I hope that they focus or or run the offense through DJ Moore. I think that's a perfect start to to, to whatever you you're trying to do offensively, you know, and and I, what I think that Matt Rule is going to have to bank on is his defense showing up for the next five games, and that's really what realistically what I'm expecting, man. Because I, you know, I don't know how how much better or how much Cam can learn the offense, and just, you know, and, and even with a week off, like there's we're, now you're essentially talking about learning a complete different offense now, you know. So it's <laughs> so again, we're all you're, you're expecting your complete offense to be, you know. Um, on on the fly, learn something. Not maybe not completely different, but you know, a, a different style of offense that what Joe Brady was running. So 
what I expect, um, I can lie and tell you that I expect us to go out there and you know and play smash mouth football, but I just don't know, man. I think that yeah, I think what Kev said is, is right. Like Atlanta is the perfect game uh, to get right. You know, I think Atlanta is the perfect game that where if you want to come out, show like to prove to your fan base, to prove to your team that you're a serious coach and a serious team, go out there and sweep a, a rival that you haven't swept and beat in Atlanta in gosh forever or you know or you haven't had a much success in Atlanta for, in, in a long time you know I, I think that's that's the start um past that yo I, man I, I really just I want I want to see like smart football you know like don't I don't want to see Cam out there playing hero ball and gosh if if we're going to see some oh you know I want to see Deontay Brown and Christian uh a Brady Christian play as well you know, I, I think that's what we're drafted them for over the last five games. Again, if you're if you're talking about gambling your career as a head coach, I feel like you know you got to go in, go out smoking the way that you came in. You know, go out with the guys that you brought. So, like, if you thought if Brady Christian was a offensive tackle, like a third round offensive tackle on your board, bro, play him. You know, <laughs> at this point, he can't be any worse than Dennis Daly. You know, I think that's just fact. He can't be any worse than that. And Deontay Brown, you know, I feel like, you know, you brought him in. You were high on him when drafting him in. And, and I feel like, look, better way of rewarding him for getting down and weight and getting in shape is, you know, play him. Like, or, or at least see how, you know, get him on a snap count and let's see how he looks. It's The next five games is going to be crucial to, like, Matt Rule's career and what this team, what to expect, I feel like, going into 2022. Like, winning three games out of the next five, would I feel like like Kev said it would be huge, man. I think that would that that would give us the the boost that we need, or the or that in my opinion the confidence that we need that Matt Rule isn't just a a wash at head coach because right now that's what it feels like, that's what it looks like, and, and you know I and I think giving him three years is only fair, but <laughs> let let you not win at least two to three games over this next five. Let let us win one or lose out, and bro, it's it's going to be. Mayhem and you know what I'm saying Carolina, bro. Now, Kev, knowing Matt Rule, do you think Jeff Nixon has an opportunity to be the offensive coordinator beyond these last, next five games, or do you think he learns from his mistakes and maybe gets a more experienced uh, offensive coordinator, possibly that's been an NFL head coach before? I think Matt Rule will allow the opportunity. Um, if you read the article, and again, it just depends on how much you want to take Matt Rule at his word. We've all had fun of, you know, dissecting, you know, the the truth and validity of what you know Matt Rule comes uh, comes out of his mouth. So you know, kind of have to take it as a grain of salt. But uh, I think that I think the opportunity is there if we get the results. Like I said, if we Go three and two, possibly four and one. I don't want to be sounding crazy and talking about win the last five ride games, but um, excuse me, but I, I definitely see. I think I see why he wanted to trust, um, you know, trust him to call the plays because if you look at our, our remaining opponents, that's that's left, you know, Falcons, um, you know, Buffalo, things of that nature. Um, there, there are some opportunities that with this mind frame that. That could be there. Now, I'm not saying go out there and you know be like wishbone attack or you know anything like that. But I, I just see this as a chance that uh, you know I just see this as a chance to you know buy you know Matt Rule more time than anything to get to this 
year three, which is what he's pretty much been uh, based upon, which pretty much what we were sold on by uh, by him or by Tepper is this infamous year three. Um, if if we're able to, and you know, as we're talking right now, I'm looking over, I'm seeing, <laughs> you know, this Buffalo defense being ran through right now at the moment. <laughs> you know, uh, 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 you know who we play after uh, Atlanta. So again, I see opportunities for uh, this. You know, if we, if we come out just by you know playing and executing our blocks on a level that can produce the results, I think this will be a good opportunity for him to um, to possibly maintain his position beyond this interim basis. Now, J.D., I know you watch a lot of college football. If you rewind back to 2019 Baylor, how much of that offense uh, do you remember? Since Jeff Nixon was calling plays for that team. They went to the Sugar Bowl. Remember, they lost to Georgia. They lost to Oklahoma twice. But other than that, they, I think they finished with um, 10 and 3 record, I want to say. Is there anything that stood out to you about Jeff Nixon's offense? Uh not too much in particular. I remember them using a lot of their running backs in, in the past game and leaning on, uh, I think it's Jermichael Hasty. Um, honestly, I, I can't say because most of the rules um, teams, if you look back down through his um, his his resume here, most of his teams are, have been defensive-minded teams. Most of his players, um, NFL players, that go well, players of his that went to the next level outside of um, obviously PJ Walker, a couple of Baylor guys, obviously Robbie Anderson have been defensive players. Hassan Reddick, uh, all these guys, first round talents. Um, Temple Tough was not because of their offense, it was because of their defense, um, straight up. So, um, I, I don't, I don't know what quite to expect here, um, of their guys. Um, they did have Denzel Mims. Um, so possibly we see, um, a little bit more vertical, a little bit, a little bit, um, a little bit more shots taken. Um, honestly, I can't, I can't lie to you. I don't remember. Um, I think it was Charlie Brewer. Um, I don't, I don't remember those guys like that. Um, but yeah, I need to see some, uh, they have to be aggressive to, straight up, um, whether that's passing, power running, it it doesn't matter. You just got to come out aggressive. There's nothing to lose. Like nobody finds the offensive identity by playing passive, and you're not gonna you're not gonna be the guy next year if you're just coming out here and doing preseason stuff, ball control, um, clock management. You got to you got to show them that you can get this offensive identity, and I think how you do that, um. Well, Baylor has been in the past a vertical scheme. You you've seen guys that that stretch the field um, come from there. Katie Cannon, uh, again Denzel Mims. You see you see all these um, speedy wideouts, and our I think our wide our wideout room kind of looks a lot like those guys. Um, got several of those guys that can stretch the field: Terrence Marshall, Shai Smith, Riley Anderson, DJ Moore. So you gonna have to come out and, and let this thing fly. Because uh, look, if we wanted if we wanted a ball control um, identity, we were almost already pretty much there. And if you want to get there, it's the thirty carries a game rule was talking about. I, I don't think that's what he wants. I think he wants an explosive offense um, to be able to take advantage of uh, a stingy defense. So um, 
it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a sight to see. I think that's gonna be the thing to watch for these next five games. Can this offense lean on its athletes? Can it find an identity? Um, if the offense finds an identity and the defense stop being frauds, um, then we're gonna be in a, a good spot come next year. Because I'm not gonna talk about playoffs with this team. All right, so let's uh, look ahead a little bit. Um, it's with these five games left. I mean, Cam Newton was named the starter at least for this week. He said he was thinking about playing P.J. Walker a little bit. Uh, last week he said Sam Darnold's back to practicing again. I don't think anybody really wants to see him back on the field ever again. So, uh, Monty, how would you move forward with the quarterback situation going into this offseason? We know – Sam Darnold is going to be get paid his $18 million no matter what happens. You try to trade him and find a sucker to take it, maybe pay some of his salary to just get rid of him. You extend Cam Newton one to two years. PJ is a free agent as well. How are you handling it this offseason? Well, first, I, I, I really do think you got to play the last five games out. I think you got to see how the last five games play. I think you got to see how Cam looks. You know, as much as I love Cam, like you said, I think I'm the biggest Cam fan in the group. And I I honestly believe you have to see how he looks over the last five weeks. Um, moving to the offseason, yeah, you have to you have to find, find see somebody that will trade for Sam Darnold. And if you don't, you have to me, Cam is your QB1, Sam Darnold and B.J. Walker uh, battling out for QB2. And that's who you that's who you roll with for a year. I, I don't think or I don't see you drafting a quarterback unless one just absolutely falls to you either in the second or you trade back and one one that you really like falls to you late in the first. I don't see that that us uh, taking a quarterback. Uh it wouldn't make sense in my opinion, especially with having with with Sam Darnold, you're paying him eighteen or nineteen million. And you got Cam Newton hanging in the limbo, especially if Cam plays well the next five games. Like if Cam plays well the next five games, I think it's it's a no brainer. You have to extend them for the, for at least two seasons. You get you know extend them. To me, trade back, get as much draft capital as you can get in day two, and then twenty twenty two draft your quarterback. You know, there's going to be a, a a few good quarterbacks coming out that year. I feel like like for Bryce Young, you know, uh, Stroud from Ohio State. I think those are two quarterbacks that I think that you, depending on what you do this offseason, depending on how you get you know to so regain this draft capital, you can actually trade up to get one of them, depending on how we do. So, it five these next five games, I think can. Hit it, I mean, with Kev hit it on the head, is you gonna learn all that you need to know about Matt Rule? You know, because if we if we finish out strong, if he if he can pull and channel his best Brian Rivera and finish three and two, four and one, and again, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but if he can do that, I think, and Cam Newton plays well, I think that we look at this season a lot differently than what, I mean, because let's let's not mis- like forget we started the year three and, and at one point three and zero. And I feel like at that point, even though it was still early in the season, I feel like at that point we kind of felt like we were going to turn the corner as a team. And then the bottom fell out again. And we just kind of teeter-tottered around 500. And if we can take, like, do, if we can just win eight to nine games, you might sneak in the playoffs and then anything can happen. So, you know, again, the next five games are going to tell a lot about this head, this coaching staff, a lot about this team, you know. And I, I'm excited to see it. I'm nervous to see it, but it's I, I 
ask me what this QB room gonna look like in, in another month or two, you know, so then I'll give you a better answer. Right, I think we pretty much covered everything about the, you know, Joe Brady firing and what's next. Uh, before we close out for today, we'll talk a little bit about this Falcons game. Like I said earlier in the podcast, we've already done a breakdown of the Atlanta Falcons offense and defense. If you want to get more detail on that, just look at the earlier podcast episode. Uh, but for now, we'll just do a quick uh, preview of this game coming up. Uh, Kev, what do you think the keys to victory are this weekend? And also give me a prediction, and then we're going to go to Monty and then J.D. Yeah, well, the keys for me are, are pretty much going to be day one fundamentals. Uh, number one, less uh, three penalties or less. You know, can we start there? We're, we're leading the team. We're leading the league in penalties. Um, I know that may be asking for a lot, but uh, three penalties or, or, or less would be a good start. Um, no more turnovers. Um, I, I think we've beaten ourselves way more than our opponents have. You know, with the gift given that we've. Uh, with the gift given that we've done. And, um, you know, so we can start off by doing those two things against this particular Atlanta Falcons team. I think that that'll definitely um, put us in a a position to have a chance to really be able to um, uh, to do some things, uh, particularly, um, you know, when you look at this last pass game um, with the um, – uh, with the uh, Falcons, I think they played the uh, Bucks. I think it was uh, they 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 had it competitive for uh, a good part of the game, to be honest. And then it just kind of you know got away from uh, got away from them towards the end, um, even as short uh, shorthanded as uh, as they were. So again, it's a divisional rival. Um, you know, records and everything go out the window. Uh, we haven't swept these guys since the 2014 season. Um, it's long overdue. Um, I'm ready to shut them guys, you know, send the hell up, you know, about that because, you know, when you look at the all-time records, we could sweep these guys the next five, six seasons, and they still hold the all-time, <laughs> you know, win-loss record against us. So to be able to sweep the Falcons would would, would give me a joy that, that, that I can enjoy for quite a while. Um, but uh, overall, as far as the score and prediction here, All right, it's going to be a rainy game, so I'm going to kind of teeter on the low-scoring side. Um, but I'm going to say something along the lines of – I'm going to say Carolina 24, um, Atlanta 16. Okay, my All right, um, let's see, is my go? My bad. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, we're um yeah, I hey I'm I'm probably agreeing almost hundred percent with Kev. I um one for me, I think the number one thing I think we gotta do is just stop and run. Like all all out like I, I feel like Cordero Peterson is a is a, a scary running back that I feel like that could get off on us and especially over the last couple of weeks we've we've had holes and, and, and had problems stopping the run. So I feel like that's gonna have to be number one. And um, yeah, man, I, I feel like just no penalties, you know, or limited penalties and 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 limited penalty, uh, turnovers. I think that we got a good chance of chipping them. I'm I'm with Kev. It's long overdue that we that we sweep these boys, man. It's been a long time. Um, 
Gosh, I didn't know it was that long since it was twenty fourteen. So yeah, man, it's it's been it's been a while since, since we like swept swept Atlanta and, and done it in in, you know, in in Carolina fashion. So I would love to go out there, especially with Cam back. You know, I, I would love to go out there and, and go out there and get a, a good win. Um, I want to I want to see DJ have uh, another good game. You know, he had a, a quiet garbage time, hundred yard game last year. I mean, last week and. Or two weeks ago now, so it's like I I want DJ to go out there have a good game, man. Um, if I'm having to to make a score prediction, I'm gonna say 24 Carolina, 21 Atlanta. I think Zane gonna put the team on his back and and, and, and win it for us. So yeah. I hate having to put on this negative Nancy hat, and I I don't enjoy it. Um. We we've been talking. Then a lot. don't like you don't have to. No, you don't you? you, no, you really don't have to. I, I'm gonna do it anyway. Um, mute his mic. <laughs> Y'all gonna get mad at me, but look, I'm just gonna tell you how I see it. This we've been talking a lot about the offense today, and I think this game is more important for the defense. And I sat here and I thought to myself. Are they going to be able to do their job against the Falcons? And my inner, the innermost part of my being said, hell no. Um, so I think I think this defense is fraudulent. I think I don't think they're they're built for a playoff run. I don't think they're a playoff defense. I've said it since before they did, they started proving me right. So I'm gonna stay on that boat and I'm gonna say, I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna call it Falcons 24, Carolina 9. Zane Gonzalez is gonna give us all our points. Of all the people on the roster, you're gonna blame, you're gonna blame the number two defense in the league. That's probably had two bad games on the year. Boy, the GOAT, the GOAT. Look, let me let me explain to you why I said that. And I know I know chat gonna get mad at me. But guess what? Um, I got the mic, so y'all gonna have to listen to me. <laughs> Uh, is this guy on on the Falcons deep offense named Cordero Patterson, and he the reason why I'm I'm not um, winless in fantasy. So I think he gonna I think he gonna get off, bro. I honestly do, and I hope the defense proved me wrong, but I, I don't know they will. Hey, hey, Cordero Patterson is a problem. So it's like that again. I, I, that's what I'm saying like we got to sell out to 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 stop him, but. Bro, twenty four to nine is a is an issue for me, bro. I don't think we're gonna be that bad. Against, at least I pray we don't be that, that bad. Like I, I've seen terrible football from Carolina the last three weeks, but damn, JD that hurt, bro. Yeah, yeah, we just I mean, lost to the Dolphins with one of the worst offensive lines in the league, bro. I mean, Miami was on a what four game winning streak. Atlanta is not a good football team at all. I mean, we talk about how bad mm-hmm. we've been. I mean, they've been equally as bad throughout the year. I, I guess that's fair, but I don't I don't trust the defense at all. I think they're gonna sell us. Well stay tuned because if uh if the Panthers win, we're gonna have a live roast session on JD and his prediction. Um we're gonna we're gonna let Monty lead the way because you know Monty's one of the best roasters I came across in a long time. So you know I know what I see in the chat. Um, from you guys, oh, bro. So. You know, I'm, I'm on his top, bro. I'm on his top, yeah. Like, yeah, hey, let us, let us, hey bro, that. and let us win big. All right, look, I, I, I ain't got no problem with that. I'll turn my mic on, my cam on. I, I, I ain't scared of y'all. 
Especially his Mr. Magoo looking stuff. I, I ain't scared of none of y'all. Well, you predicted a score of 24 to 9 and said you're worried about the defense when you only have an offense or a nine. And look, that ain't nothing new though. That ain't changed. That ain't changed. Hey, we're, 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 it's all right, bro. Hey, hey, bro. I'm I'm on his I'm on his top. That's right. This this league, like I said, we're gonna let the game play Sunday because it was like we've been trash, but I just don't think we're that trash. Oh, we trash, beloved. We we garbage. All right, y'all. We're going on one hour and eight minutes. We're gonna wrap it up in a bit here. Y'all got any final comments you wanna say to everybody that's listening tonight before we wrap it up? Um, you know, I was just like, I always want to thank each one of our fans to let them know we appreciate them supporting uh, the Four Man Rush, supporting us on our different social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, um, you know, downloading and listening to our podcast again. Um, just want to also make sure you, uh, we let you fans know that we do, we do not take that for granted. And uh, we definitely appreciate you guys uh, hitting us up in our inboxes, asking questions, things of that nature. So, um, you know, forgive us if it takes a little while for us to get back sometimes, but uh, we definitely appreciate the love and support. Um yeah, man. Um, yeah, I, I ain't trying to go with JD saying damn all that. Like I said, we to have a whole bye week off and to come out back at home to a 24 to 9. Yeah, nah, yeah, yeah, money. I'm yeah, money. I, I want you on his top, bottom, neck. I, I, I want it all. Like, like I ain't even gonna say nothing. I, I'm just gonna let you uh do all the dirty work for us, money. Uh, when we get this dub, man, because. You know, JD then went on the uh, Benedict Honor route with us, man. Oh, I'm cooking cousin Skeeter. Like, don't worry about that. I'm I'm cooking cousin Skeeter. Don't worry. So so so, so believe that. So, no, you don't worry about that. <laughs> but last comments, man. Hey, man. I hope everybody has a blessed week for the rest of the week. Um, dog. I look. I just want a good. I just want to win, man. That's all I want. I don't look. It, <coughs> excuse me. We can win by a point. And I'm happy. You like that? That's how serious I am with it. I like just just go out there. I need a clean game. I need guys to come out healthy. I need our defense to stand tall, man. And let's just go out there and get a, a, a dub, man. That, that's all I need from uh, from the Panthers this week. That's all I need, man. I don't. I don't. I, I feel like I feel like y'all y'all traumatized um, on the panel because it's almost like. Y'all keep bringing the ex back after they apologize and say they sorry. Uh, last week, uh, the last game we played was not the first time this defense looked soft. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna keep it a butt with you. And I don't know how many times it's got to happen for y'all to realize that these boys just not good. So, um, with that being said, hopefully they proved me wrong and they look good. And uh, I'll be here to take that. I eat my crow. I like my crow season. So. We gonna see. Uh, y'all gonna get Quincy AC to try to roast me, but it's all right. I'm I'm not going. I'm not going quiet. I, I got some shells too, so we're gonna see how it go, and hopefully we get a dub and get on the right track because it's gonna be ugly if we come out flat out of the bye week. But that's that's what I'm thinking is gonna happen. Unfortunately, no, we're not gonna feed you crow. We're gonna feed you fried falcon after this game. So get ready for that full plate of that season and everything. Boy, look, I, I like my Falcon bait. <laughs> All right, man. Appreciate everybody for listening tonight. Uh, if you want to hear, you might have missed it or came on late. 
It'll be up on YouTube, uh, Spotify, iTunes, Omni. Uh, shout out to Cat Cray for putting our podcast on their website. So you can also find it there as well. Games at 1 p.m., home game next Sunday. Bring your umbrellas, your ponchos, sweaters. It's going to be cold and rainy this Sunday. Get out and support your team. Uh, you know, for opportunity to see Cam Newton back in a Panthers uniform should always be a fun experience for you and your family. So let's see if we can, you know, reverse this trend and get a W. So, again, thank you, everybody, for listening tonight. Uh, people, Sunday after the game, we're going to do the post-game show. Get that on board again. See you guys on Sunday. Keep pounding. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.